You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival, running Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at picturesque Birds Hill Park. Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Georgia Harmer. While a member of Canadian folk roots royalty, Harmer has drawn great acclaim for her own work with her debut album, Stay In Touch, released on Arts and Crafts Records last year. Georgia Harmer will be performing at 12.30 on Friday, July 7th at Spruce Hollow, as well as playing a main stage tweener at 7.05 on Sunday, July 9th. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca.
All right, well, coming to Birds Hill Park to play the Winnipeg Folk Festival, Georgia Harmer joins me on the line. How's it going, Georgia? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. So uh, I usually ask the folks who are coming to Folk Fest what their experiences are with, with Folk Fest in general, not necessarily Winnipeg Folk Fest, but like, have you played a lot of Folk Fests? I kind of started playing festivals for last summer for the first time, and uh, it was really fun. It was nice to get them like so soon after my album came out. Um, but I've been going to folk festivals since I was a kid. My parents are musicians and music lovers, so I've been like I was like in the stroller with my parents in the audience at our local music festivals in Ontario. So, mm-hmm. so I have a I have fond memories. Growing up in that atmosphere, then, like, because I know with like taking my own kids, sometimes it's kind of like almost background to them, like they're playing with other kids and not necessarily kind of focused on the music. Was that kind of your experience as a little kid, or because your parents were musicians, you were kind of much more in tune with what was going on musically? I think I was a bit of both. Um, I think I was a music fan early on, so I was probably up up close dancing. Mm. So you're, you said you last year was kind of like the first year of doing fests yourself. How different of an experience is that versus, you know, playing a club show or, or a venue show as a performer? Uh, I love it because you get to have like a whole day after or a whole day before. Um, and you get to see and meet a lot of other artists and it's kind of like more of a hang. Um, I do. I love playing club shows as well, but. I think I appreciate the sort of like atmosphere and just like the the like novelty of it being summer. Um, yeah. That opportunity to hang because obviously as a touring musician, very often, you know, you finish your gig, you either go to sleep and then hit the road the next day or you hit the road like right afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, I have to imagine part of the like joy of it is kind of being in one place for a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Instead of having like four hours in one place, you have like, as much as you want, really. Like, you can go home after your set or you can hang out, like, in, in this case, in Winnipeg Folk Fest's case, which I've actually never been to. Um, but I'm so excited because so many of my close friends live in Winnipeg and are playing at the festival or will be there. And I'm just looking forward to, like, spending the whole weekend there and not having to, you know, skip town right after the show. Do you, like, look at the bill and say, like, oh, I want to see this person live? Or is that something that kind of goes through your head when you're looking at kind of which festivals you're playing um i mean i i'm pretty i'll take i'll take what i can get (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i definitely get excited when i see bands i'm i'm already a fan of on the lineup i don't know like emmy blue harris is pretty darn exciting yeah understandably yeah uh obviously growing up with musicians for parents and an aunt and stuff like you have like kind of your own interior people to look up to as far as music making but like like someone like Lou Harris like did she loom large as a as a music creator for you growing up or is that definitely definitely um I think Lou Harris is like she's one of those people that you know you know her name before you know her music as a kid I feel like as a like in a musical world and I feel like I got to an age where I was like all right I need to know her her catalog like her entire catalog and it was almost like like exciting research. Do you say the word research there? Like, do you put like a concerted effort into kind of like studying other people's works or like what's, what's kind of your process when it comes to listening to someone else? Um, yeah, I think I definitely do put an effort into like 
being familiar and knowing other people's works. And, and I think like when I was younger and first starting out, it was for the sake of being able to understand the references that older people around me would make. And so like wanting to be in the know culturally, mm-hmm. but it also like with other artists, um, like artists like Feist and I'm trying to think of others, but she's a good example because she's just like universally important and some you have to try harder to be familiar with their work and others it's just like your lifetime soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely like very easy research for me. R- right. Yeah. It's pl- pleasant. Uh... Yeah. Uh, so then in terms of informing your own music, like do you look at other people's work to figure out where you fit or to kind of like push against that or like stand atop, you know, like how, what, where do you see yourself in kind of like a musical spectrum or trajectory? Yeah, good question. Um, I think when I listen to other people's work, it feels sort of like reading to me and it's just like inspiring and it's input. And I, I find it really difficult to have any creative output without consistent creative input and like absorbing like art around me and it's that much more exciting when it's someone I know and I might know what their song's about or have been there to hear early versions of it so it's not no it's not comparative or or like to sort of put myself against it just for my own like creative inspiration and Mm. absorption sure so with the creation of stay in touch your 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 most recent full-length there sonically like where were you listening to certain things or were you kind of trying to achieve a certain sound because i mean there's there's folk aspects and there's rock aspects on this record and and i'm curious about kind of like was that just kind of a representation of who you are as as a music maker or was there stuff you were listening to that kind of swayed you in that direction yeah i think um it's my first album and people always say you have your whole life to make your first album and i think it kind of reflects um a lot of music that I grew up with and sort of unintentionally took inspiration from, like subconsciously. And then, of course, like more modern artists that I want to see as peers, um, career-wise or musically, other Canadian artists like Feist and Gord Downey and my aunt Sarah and and just sort of like the canon around me. But then also sonically, like things I listened to as a kid, like The Killers and um, this Swedish like girl rock band called Sahara Hot Nights. And so, like, I grew up in a lot of sort of, like, early 2000s pop rock. Yeah, and then I think went into sort of, like, a a folkier genre as a teenager and listened to a lot of R&B as a teenager. So, like, when I was writing these songs, I think it was just, like, whatever was in my, in the, like, threshold of my brain from the inspiration I had just absorbed as a young adult. So then with with having your, you know, your whole life to make this first record, like how do you encapsulate or, or distill Georgia Harmer into into a single record? Like was there anything you had to leave behind or anything you kind of had to hone in on? Like how did you kind of figure out what Stay in Touch would be? I think it sort of happened as it happened. Like I was playing these songs live for a long time before I even recorded them. Um, some of them I wrote four years before I started recording them. Some of them I wrote like a week before I started recording them. So it was just kind of the songs that had stuck with me through time. And I think you kind of like, you write and then you lose things that don't feel important as time goes on. So it's kind of nice to have that long window of 
seeing whether something still feels true and still rings true to your to your like current self when you wrote it in the past. So these songs are just the ones that I felt were still important and that I could still identify with. And luckily I still can now. But I think that happens with artists, even with albums that they've released. And then you kind of get like to your next album or the album after. And you're like, yeah, there are definitely songs on that first one that I won't play live, you know? So these are the ones that stuck kind of? Yeah. In terms of playing live and, and building a set during something like Folk Fest or having, you know, a year or so since the, the record came out, like, are there songs that you've grown in appreciation for or like rediscovered in some way having played them for this long? It's been interesting because a lot of the shows I've played have been solo or duo or like a more stripped down set because I've been opening for a lot of tours. And so I've kind of regained an appreciation, I think, for like the song itself rather than the arrangement and production that we put together collectively for the record. So it's been cool to kind of just listen, like just get to sing my song so often and, and have the only thing be the lyrics and the melody and the chords that I put together before we actually built on top of them. So that's been, that's been kind of cool. So things had kind of gotten bigger and now you've kind of like pared back and, and figured out where the song is in the, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's almost like kind of putting it in different contexts and being like, okay, it still it still works, it's still good, even without, you know, the really good mix or whatever that we like kind of plopped on top of it. Mm-hmm. So for Winnipeg Folk Fest, do you know like are you bringing a band or is it just you yourself? And actually, or? I'm gonna play with a band, but I'm gonna play with some local Winnipeg musicians. Um, I'm gonna play with my friend Dylan McDonald, aka Field Guide. And my friend Chris Ulrich, so they're going to back me up, and yeah. So speaking of friends, like you, I know you're your pals with Bells Larson. There's been an yeah. article written about you know your friendship that you met in high school. Um, you had Leith Ross on your record. Like you, you're tapped into a lot of like current Canadian songwriters and, and music makers. Is that just like a personality thing? Like you're you're friendly, so you make friends amongst all these people, or like, do you seek this out? Like, how does that kind of come about for you? I think it's sort of reverse. Like, we became the the people you listed, and like, especially Bells. I've known Bells since I was fifteen, and like, I became friends with these people when we were younger, and all sort of just like writing songs and making music together. And then it's been so exciting to see everyone's careers take shape and see them, and and kind of get to be at the same stage as my peers and get to compare and be like is this normal like did this record deal look okay to you and like get to talk to each other about those things it's kind of a dream come true in that way it's like a real sense of community and that you've all kind of gone through it in, in a similar phase so you're you're at the same place yeah like relatively so and and at least like sort of gotten everything kick-started within the same you know two-year span mm-hmm the so obviously with the record being out for for this period of time like have you written new songs subsequent to that i have i've actually um started recording another record um that i i had to sort of press pause on with these tours but i'm really gunning to get back to it and get it finished Uh, the the aphorisms you know you have your whole life to make the first record you have about a year to make the second one yeah (laughs) what like what kind of pressure does that put on you and like in terms of exploring like emotional territory or thematic territory, do you feel like it's 
there's some sort of like outside pressure as to like what the record should be about now that people kind of have a sense of who Georgia Armour is through Stay in Touch? That's a good question. Um, I've definitely thought about that more in the creation, like in, in the recording process and being like, how does this add? Like, what is, is this the next step in what direction is the step going in? But I think in terms of the songwriting, I always, I think I know a lot of artists that get stressed out when they have, you know, a break of writing songs and they're like, oh, I haven't written it, I don't have anything to write about. But I find that like that never really lasts long. And if you, if the songwriting is something that you use as a way of processing the world around you, which is at least the way that I do it, you're always going to do it. And so I think I just kind of like realized like, oh, I have these songs. I like them and they hold up to me. And I started writing this record before Stay in Touch came out. And and yeah, it's just like something that you do whether you try to or not, at least for me. So it's nice to just be like, oh, there's an amalgamation of things that all fit together and I'm still figuring out what it's about because <laughs> mm. it's still in the process. But I didn't really feel too much pressure. I think I feel more pressure now that it's done and, and like, okay, let's go. Let's get it going, you know? Right. But that the songs, if you started writing them before the album was released, they're not a response to that album in some way. Well, I think they're just a continuation. Okay. Yeah. You said, you know, processing things through through songwriting. Like, is that has that always been the case for you? That that's just a natural way of kind of like, wrapping your head around your life it always has been yeah i feel really lucky to have music as an outlet for just my experiences and my processing and i think that's like what we were talking about before with like all the input it's almost like i had a response or like i had i was taught this language by listening to artists that came before me and artists that i listened to growing up and kind of realized like oh, i can also speak this language for my own intents and purposes mm-hmm the new songs, do you play them out live? Like, are you going to incorporate any of them into the set? Or is that something you, you kind of, like, hold in reserve until the record comes? I've been playing a few of them live. Um, I just kind of want to practice them and see how they feel live and test them out. So, yeah, I have, I have a hard time keeping them secret. So I will be playing a couple of them. Now, is that to kind of gauge how an audience reacts or just to gauge, like, your own relationship with the song? It's both. It's always exciting for me to get to play something for people that there's no recorded version of public yet. And so like the only time that they have heard this song or will hear the song is right now when I'm playing it for them. So they, you know, it's nice. It's in the moment. It's like kind of makes me feel more present when I'm playing it. And hopefully they, as a, as a listener are more present cause they, it's, they're not familiar with it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Is that something that you enjoy? Like as a, as a, an audience member yourself, like the, like ephemeral nature of some, music moments? Yes, definitely. I love I love when people are like, we're going to play you a new one. It's like, okay, my ears are just more alert right. in that moment. Well, from talking about ones that haven't been recorded, before we close, I want to get you to pick one from Stay in Touch that we can play for listeners. And if you have a okay. reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about it, we'd love to hear that. Okay, cool. Um, hmm... <laughs> on the spot. I know this is it's always seems this, this is like the most difficult question I ask apparently no it's good um why don't we go with Talamanca I feel like that song I, I open all my shows all my solo opening sets with that song and it feels like the beginning it's the first song on the record it feels like a nice way to set the stage what makes it like why was it the decision to make that the opener on the record but then also to be the thing that like you open a set with 
I spent so much time trying to figure out what order my songs worked best in when I was sequencing my record. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just like, well, I put all that effort into that. I might as well apply it here, too. Sure enough. And it's just something about this song that seems like the first first thing everyone should hear. Yeah, I think also like the song starts with me describing a morning that I had with with friends and um, like a memory of a morning. And so like it, it literally feels like the beginning of a day. This is the first cup of coffee song here. Yeah, mango. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, Georgia, thanks very much for taking some time to talk and uh, safe travels over the summer and really looking forward to seeing you at Winnipeg Folk Festival. Thank you. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Feeling 
close to the fire as everybody scatters. I'm Michael Louse, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Georgia Harmer. We'll be performing on Friday, July 7th at 12.30 p.m. at Spruce Hollow at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com. And be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through 9th at Birds Hill Park. The feelings in the air, a silence we both can Speaking without words, languages of seeing and being seen meet my eyes again and damn me if